BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with Big Dick Energy. You may know me from Bravo TV's Family Karma and, of course, social media. I grew up in a very conservative Indian family, but I have always forged my own path and live life on my own terms. I recently left my successful career in New York City and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Join me as I spill the chai on my own cringeworthy personal life experiences every Thursday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And today is one of the ones I've been mostly looking forward to because I'm fascinated by this. Sorry if it wasn't a good experience for you, Megan, <laughs> but we're going <laughs> to we're going to help some people out there, I hope. Oh, yes. It's about narcissism. So I'm joined today by Megan Holgate, who lived with a narcissist and um, now helps people and coaches people through living with one. Explain exactly what you do now and how you help people, Megan. I'm an actual life coach who actually specializes. I began coaching and helping women through divorce. And then I started writing about narcissism because that's what my husband was. Once I started writing about that, my blog that I wrote went absolutely viral. And my inbox and my computer was just like a poker machine because understanding your partner or husband is a narcissist is absolutely game-changing because if you don't know you're actually in a relationship or a marriage with a narcissist, you actually feel like you're going crazy. Having that understanding of your partner or a husband or wife is a narcissist is actually changes your whole whole life in a dramatic way or for the good. Can you um, explain to people, because as I said, people love to ban that word around, but I'm not sure people actually know what it means. Can you explain the signs of a narcissist or how you know whether your partner is one? Sure. Actually, saying someone's a narcissist and they're not is actually probably the most cruel thing you could ever call someone. A narcissist is someone that actually suffers from narcissistic personality disorder, which is NPD, which is a psychiatric 
illness. It's a spectrum disorder, so they might be only mildly narcissist or acutely, but there's many different traits, Carolyn. You could say um, you have anger issues or you're very selfish or you're egotistical, but the most common and the the one um, trait that they all have, they have no empathy. So they can do anything to anyone and they just don't, they don't care. It doesn't matter. And that's what they do to their husbands or their wives, their children. Nothing matters. It's all about them. So it's far different from someone being arrogant or selfish or, or cruel. It's, it's a whole different level. I can give you many examples of what they do. Could you? Lots of people okay, are selfish. Okay, so my experience was I had no idea what happened. But I was happily married, working in the financial markets, London and Hong Kong. I just gave birth to our beautiful baby daughter who, who she was planned. We'd been together for seven years, married most of that time. I, he gave me a five-carat Celanese beautiful sapphire ring the night before on our third anniversary. Just to butt in a little bit, they can hide it for that length of time. You didn't find oh, out yeah. for five, five years no, you were married to one. Seven, seven, Caroline. Wait till you find out. Wait till you hear what happened. Okay, keep going. So it was like a fairy tale, a fairy tale gone very wrong, but it, it goes through a stage. And the stages in um, being in a relationship with the narcissist is they, they love on you. So they woo you like you've never been wooed before. Then once they've got you, you're in love, then they start to devalue it, devalue you. So they start to put you down just little by little, not, not overtly, not, not speaking dreadfully to you, but just a little bit to just tap away your self-confidence. And this is to men and women who are, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, if you're a billionaire, they can tap away and you can go from the, the most confident human being to basically a shell of who you are. And then the third stage is the discard stage, which happened to me the day after my third anniversary, where I knew something was wrong. From the moment I got pregnant, my husband basically checked it out, lights were out, thanks for coming. It just the love wasn't there, the attraction, there was no sexual contact. It was just like I was living with a stranger. So I kept, I kept going and going and going. And that morning I found out my husband had been living a double life. He was gay, he had a boyfriend, and I was on a plane that night to Australia with an eight-week-old baby. Um, so from that point, your uh, what I love about listening to your podcast is, you know, if you come to a point that you're getting divorced, move on. Let's separate the assets. Let's move on. We have to look after the children. That's where a narcissist doesn't act normally. So uh, he's been living a double life for all these years. He's got a gay boyfriend. Um, I'm in nowhere land. Instead of saying, let's break up all the assets, we had a beautiful home in London. No, 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 they fight you. And what my husband did, he hid the money that I'd been working in the financial markets in Swiss bank accounts. So I was left holding the baby and then had to fight tooth and nail to get a fair settlement, which I didn't get. And I didn't understand that he was a narcissist for many, many years. And that's why I do what I do. (laughs) Why didn't you get a fair settlement if, if it's clear that he had been hiding such a secret from you? Because, Carolyn, my husband was a finance director for a very large bank. I was emotionally and psychologically abused. I was totally, basically overpowered by him emotionally. He threatened that I went home to Australia to to have some love for my family. And he said if I didn't walk away from most of the assets, he would fight for custody of our daughter. And due to the Hague uh, Convention, my daughter was born in Hong Kong, he could have um, insisted that we had to go back and live in Hong Kong. So I basically signed away a lot of the assets just so I could have sole custody of our child. 
I just watched yesterday, which is fascinating, um, Dirty John. Oh, I saw on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Is that what a narcissist is? Is he a narcissist? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Totally. You were in a very difficult position, but you must meet people that live with narcissists that aren't gay. So, I mean, you had no... Ch- I mean, obviously, there's no way to stay with a gay man. So, yes. um, but do you think people can change? And do you think that... You know, because sometimes it's a bit like when, when you fall in love with your captor in a way and you, you know, that you don't want them to leave. Do you think you can get help in these women? Because you must meet women whose husbands weren't gay the other side and, and oh, you yes. know, come up with every excuse under the sun to stay with them. Yes. Oh, and you asked me, do you think that they can change? No, 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 no. They can't change. And just just to be clear here, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I've had a lived experience. And women, when they come to me, they actually have had like lots of therapy and lots of counseling. And they actually come to me when they're at a point that they feel like they're going crazy. And they say, I read something about you. And they start coaching with me and they say, you get it. Um, because my true belief is they don't change. And I have therapists that I recommend clients to if they need a lot of help and they agree with me. Do they isolate you from your friends and family? Oh, absolutely. They, that's one thing that my husband did. So I was living in Sydney. I had a very successful career in the financial markets. He got a transfer to London. So I'm in London. I'm with him. They're very good. That's part of what they do. They isolate you and what they do, they, they, put a wedge between you and your friends and your family. And sometimes you don't even know that it's happening. And there's some very famous people that are doing that as we speak in the press. They isolate you from your family and they're very good at it. They, you don't even know it's happening. And the people that actually care about you and love you and trying to give you good advice, they make sure that they stay away as far as they can. Let's take a little break from today's show and discuss one of my favorite go-to sort of deliveries when I'm in. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. And Sakara gives you the ability not just to eat healthy, but truly enjoy it with chef-crafted plant-rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health. What if instead of imposing restrictions and limits, you nourished your body and gave it more of what it really needs? Sakara believes in giving you more of what's good for you. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made of the most powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing, which is something I think those of you who have been following me know that I'm big into, having been you know, on many of these sort of retreats for exactly that. And when you do get the right foods, you're really, your whole body changes, your skin, your nails, your hair, it's insane. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers wellness essentials like supplements, herbal teas, support to nutrition. Experience the transformative power of the plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, it minimizes your sugar cravings, reduces fatigue. I can't stress enough how good this is for you. And right now, Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash dnd or enter code dnd at checkout. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash D-N-D to get 20% off your first order. Sakara dot com slash D-N-D. Let's get back to the show. 
It's very scary. I mean, are there any sort of telltale signs you're living with one? I mean, I think, you know, it is it is true. Like you can see some men who make tiny little comments at a dinner party mm-hmm. or something like this uh, to their wives. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, the wife's like, it, no, not many people would pick up on it, but they know that it's, you know, something that triggers them. The thing with a narcissist, a really clever one, they don't show their cards, Carolyn. The movie that I was talking about is called The Undoing. You must watch it, okay? It's the best description of what a narcissist does because the number one thing is with a narcissist, it's all about them. Like when I listen to your podcast and watch your life, it's, you know, you've got this new fiancé and you're supportive each other and you're making each other better. The narcissist doesn't do that. The narcissist detracts from your life, from your career. They normally partner with someone that's fantastic. They don't partner with an average, you know, Jenny on on the blog. They partner with someone that's great because partnering with someone that's great fuels an inner an inner emptiness within them, and that's what they have. So then they've partnered with this amazing person who makes them feel better. But then they start to devalue you, and they as they cut you down, and your confidence gets lower and lower. That boosts their their inner confidence up. And that's what they do. So someone at a dinner party might make a comment, unless it's repetitive, that might just be a one-off. The real clever narcissist doesn't show their colours when they're out. What the narcissist does, everyone loves them. They're the life of the party. They're charming. But behind closed doors, they're a totally different person. It's very scary, isn't it? When you get people that write, you said your your, um, inbox is gone crazy is it mostly men or women like whether the traits of a female narcissist i'd say it's um 80 women come to me 20 percent men but when the men come to me the women what they've done to them is absolutely like mind-boggling you just can't comprehend that a normal human being would that do that to another person like for example i'll give you and that's why i wrote a second book she's not a bitch she's a narcissist because i felt i needed to write directly to the men one guy beautiful guy you know top uh, executive met this beautiful woman they were dating for a few months you know she said she was on the pill she was actually on IVF she was trying to get pregnant got pregnant so then he can support the baby and she doesn't work she took him to court and the whole point of her partnering with this guy was to have a baby and to believe him dry financially and that's what she did that's insane Tell us some more experiences because, yeah. I mean, this is just fascinating. Because How can you protect yourself from this? It's such a wide sort of varied... Okay, and that's one of the things I do because I had to understand, see, I married two, Carolyn. I didn't stop at one. I married another one because the problem wasn't them. The problem was me, and that's what I had to understand, and that's how I help men and women because one of my parents was a narcissist, so they were cruel or horrible or wicked. I wasn't hit or anything like that. I just wasn't given the love that I, I crave. So when you go into a relationship, like I'm misconfident, you know, I had a great job earning six figures, independent, own property. But then once you're in love, you start this cycle. And when you're with a narcissist, they pull back a bit and you want more and more. So it doesn't matter how they treat you. You stay in the relationship and you can't understand what happened to this person. Where's the the, the love bombing? Where's the roses? Where's the fantastic time? Instead, they're criticizing you that you're not thin enough, you're not beautiful enough, your job's not good enough. And you stay in it and you try and be better because inside I didn't feel enough. 
So until I got to the understanding of why I was partnering with a narcissist, that was my aha moment. And that's when I thought I've got to get out there and help men and women. So then they don't do what I did and remarry another one. And that's why that's the point that I decided to do this. I mean, so it's really like understanding, well, obviously yourself and, um, but you know, that happens in many shapes. I I know many women that don't love themselves yet or have had bad relationships Um, and it's very hard. Even like my relationship with Sergio is so different from a relationship I've ever had before. You know, and when you talk about the love bombing, you know, I, when you're not used to it, it can be, you know, I, I mean, obviously I'd been married since I was 25. So, you know, when, I mean, I don't, Sergio doesn't do loads of poems and things like that, but you know, like he doesn't forget any holiday. So, you know, how do you know whether someone's just genuinely in love versus like it's too over the top? What What's the difference exactly? Because, you know, you don't want to put men off being romantic. <laughs> no, being romantic is normal. You're in love. You're, you know, you can just see that you're making each other different people. Like when I look at you now and watch your Instagram and then I see you in your TV series, you're a different person. This is who you are. And you, you know, you are just you're just glowing and this proves that, that, you know, you're in love and it's, and it's all, it's all fine. When you, you didn't even look like the same person. Like when I look back at, you know, cause I was in London when, you know, you're on TV and all that. So you just seem like you, you're, you are who you're meant to be. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So love bombing when it's really over the top is, okay, I'll give you an example of what happened to me. So I used to have to take clients out a lot when I was in the financial markets and, you know, because they're very insecure and I'm with men a lot, uh, instead of, you know, I'll see you the next day, he'd be outside a restaurant waiting for me. Now I could think that's really lovely, how caring, how, you know, thoughtful, but actually it's him being insecure and checking up on me. Four dozen red roses continually because that's him making a mark in the, you know, in the trading room that she's mine. I think that one of the points to make is how do you know that, they could be a narcissist. One of the simplest ways I tell my clients is say no. So if your partner or whatever wants to, you know, take you away for a weekend or go somewhere or do something and it doesn't suit your schedule, don't change the schedule. Just say it doesn't suit me and let's do it at this time. They don't like no. And when you really watch their reactions, they don't like it because it has to be all their way. Everything has to suit their life. Everything has to be about them. That's fascinating. The, the business I'm in, it's so funny. As I said, I gets, it gets so banded around. You know, I've been called one just because, you know, obviously it's the Caroline Stanbury show. So everything is the Caroline Stanbury show. It doesn't make you a narcissist, just makes you, unfortunately, no. you, what you no. have to do. Yeah. When I got a boyfriend who showered me in, you know, love and affection, and you're right, the difference is I've never had that. So for if someone's watching me from here to now... It's a massive change, but it's, you know, I'm so much more relaxed and I'm so much more myself and I have actually more freedom than I ever had. And nothing's a fight anymore. And I'm, I'm lighter and it's just, you know, my relationship's about the fun and the enjoyment, nothing else, which is great because we both do our own thing. But, you know, there was also this thing when you're joining a new couple and you have all that, that, you know, you still, you, you're absolutely right. You have to put boundaries into a relationship. Yes. You know, you yes. really do. You, you have to say, look, I'm going to have my girl's dinner. I am going yes. on a weekend without, you know, I'm going to go yes. and meet male colleagues and no, you're not waiting yes. outside for me. Yes, yes. 
Yes. And also one of the things is you have your boundaries. You are what you are. You're not turning into someone that Sergio, that you think Sergio wants you to be. You are you. And that's a sign of a narcissist. They try and change you a little bit. Like they just give little subtle hints. But then the hints, what it does, it just fits away at your, like for example, your hair or if you wear a dress, oh, do you have to wear that dress? But you know you look fantastic in the dress. So why wouldn't want you mean to wear the dress? Because they feel insecure. Whereas, you know, when you you come out and you look at something fantastic, you know, Sergio's like, whoa, you know, you look hot, baby, like, yeah, so that's another sign too. I think it's so important as well that, you know, as women, like when, I mean, if you've been through a divorce, and you know, and as hard as it is, and most of the country is going through divorces at the moment, it's insane. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's, there's another epidemic. You know, I think when you fought as long as some of us have to make those decisions, to stand by who you are and say, I'm going to live my life authentically for the rest of my life is you know, there's something so powerful about that. I mean, I know that no matter how love, much I loved a man, he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to break that down on me. You know, not that I would like to break that down on him too. I wouldn't want that for him. I'm so sure of myself that, you know, I don't want to change um, Sergio in any way, shape or form. If he wants to go and do, you know, go out, he wants to go, you know, here, he's a free, free human because I, I, I don't want that for myself. No matter what, I don't want that for myself. I'd rather be alone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you took the, the leap of faith. You, you divorced. I love how you speak about your ex-husband in a respectful way. You didn't have a failed marriage. You had a happy marriage for X amount of years. You decided to divorce. You moved on. And Sergio popped up in your life. You know, like how fantastic because you're living your authentic life. What I do with women that what I love to try and do is to coach with women before they're even contemplating divorce, Carolyn, because if they then understand that what their who their partner is, then they're prepared. Because a divorce with a narcissist, Carolyn, is is war. So I need to understand. Well, my husband, as you know, and I did not have any war, and we're actually getting on better today than I think we've ever got on. It's great. Fantastic. We, we know exactly yes. where we stand with each other now and how to uh, communicate, which I, th- I think we lost along the way when we were married. It's perfect. And, you know, if I text him, it takes him about 30 seconds to reply. And that's all I need. But we talk about the children and, you know, what we practical stuff, which we were always good at. So we've made a great team. So I'm super happy with where we are now. What, what I want to know from you, so I want to go back to your experience because I'm absolutely fascinated. How the hell not being rude, do you get out of one? So the first one was the gay one and the the gay one. And then you went straight back in. I mean, how long, where did you meet him? And how the fuck did you not like have any warning bells again? Like it's, it's kind of unbelievable because you're like going, I'm going to this woman to help me, but she's done it twice. (laughs) (laughs) So this is why I do it. So I met him at a wedding when, our daughter was two. I hadn't dated. I was heartbroken. I adored my husband. And I went to a wedding, um, met this man, 17 years my senior. He was gorgeous, uh, very a CEO, <laughs> you know, type A. Um, he lived all around the world. And I was very young, Carolyn. I was 29 when I was divorced. 
question. Had he ever been married? I always wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, had. yes, yes, yes. Because you know yes, those men yes, that have yes. never been married, you meet them when they're later yeah, and you think, no, why, why have you no, been on no. the... Yeah, okay. No, no, I did everything wrong. So he'd been married, divorced, two kids. They hated each other, acrimonious divorce. It was just hate. You know, she was the psycho ex-wife. You know, I just listened to all his stories so he wooed me for the four years. I kept breaking it off because something inside me said, I don't trust you, but I was craving the family unit. Like when you, you, you're married and you break up with a six-week-old baby, I mean, you don't know what's happened. When you say something, so your gut was telling you you didn't oh. trust him, like why? Oh, absolutely. What, what, what were the little why? things that were making you feel uneasy? Oh, he was an absolute womanizer. Um, we'd go out and he'd be eyeing like a waitress. He'd be charming the waitress. We'd be at dinner. You know, I'd see him look around at women. He was a total ladies man. But I thought, oh, I'm 17 years younger. He adored me. He's not going to play up. You know, he told me he had affairs with his first wife. That's not going to happen to us. Like I was just so stupidly naive. Um, I broke it off the last time and we had a six month break and then we got back together and he engaged and he was very clever. Like he used to buy, you know, come over with uh, flowers for me and flowers for my daughter. And when we got engaged, you know, I had a beautiful engagement ring and he got my daughter a little, you know, fake diamond. So it was like a unit. We got married. We lived in a beautiful house in Sydney on the cliff. You know, life was glorious for about a year. And then he was a CEO, looked after a, a billionaire's corporations and we, moved into state. Um, he had to commute. The moment he had to commute, I could feel he was um, cheating on me. I just knew it. I got a private eye on him and I found evidence. And on the weekend I was going to leave him, he got diagnosed with cancer. I stayed. I got him through the cancer, chemo, radio, everything. My poor daughter, you know, and nanny was looking after her for a long time. And then I caught him again and then I left. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss um, StoryWorth. Actually, I think this has never been more poignant and the better time to have something like this because, again, with the pandemic in the world, we can't travel. We can't see our loved ones. And a lot of, like mine, my father lives in England, so I see him like once or twice a year. So this is such a great Father's Day gift. Father's Day, uncle, grandfather, father-in-law, all of the people that you care about in your life. I love this. It's such a beautiful personalized gift, which means so much more to people, I think, these days than it ever has. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, or any father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It really is a fun way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person. As I said, it's almost impossible for families to be together right now. So this would have such a special meaning today. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad a different prompt question. So things like, what's your favorite story about your father? What things are the proudest in your life? Tell us about what life was like growing up. You know, I, I always find it interesting listening to my father's stories about when I was a little girl. Things like this um, that we sort of forget to ask because in the day-to-day rigmarole, we're all so busy. It's already created a powerful experience for me because my parents can't be with me. So actually, I mean, I, I've used it for my father and my mother because, you know, I think it's just an interesting thing to use and to learn. There's no shortage of surprises when reading the weekly stories and they make the family feel so close, even if you're not together. After one year, StoryWorth will comply all your dad's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake. 
and it will be shipped for free. Give your dad the most meaningful gift ever this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required going to storyworth.com slash dnd. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash dnd for $10 off. Happy shopping. We know plenty of men that cheat. I'm not advocating cheating. I'm just saying that some people live with it. Right. And they've made peace with that. What is the difference? The difference for me was, and the difference I understand with him, he had sex issues. Like it wouldn't matter that if he met someone and was having an affair with this, just this one off, it was multiple affairs, Carolyn. And it wouldn't matter, you know, if she was as beautiful as you, it was everyone. It was the cleaning lady. It was the next door neighbor. It was everyone. It was rampant. And it was like, it doesn't matter. He did love me. I know he did. It's just, he just had, he was like a sexaholic. But the bottom line is I really wanted someone to be faithful. After what I went through the previous time, I wanted faith. Being faithful and honest was my number one thing. I hate to tell you, I don't know if you've ever seen the TED Talk by Esther Perel, who I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. obsessed so by. I have, 72% I of the world is cheating. So you might be looking for quite a long time. (laughs) I I love her. I think she's amazing. She's amazing. I I was just so naive. It was like I was a different person all those years ago, but, you know, I shouldn't have married him. End of story. You know, I was craving something that I was, it was surreal. And because I wasn't healed, Carolyn, I hadn't got to the core of why I was picking a man like this. So when I had the deep therapy, once I realized what was going on, and when I started to understand narcissism and see all these books, I didn't agree with a lot of what the books were saying, and that's why I wrote my book. What, what to, were they to saying? Basically, oh, they were saying that, you know, to be a narcissist, you have to have all these traits. You have to tick all these boxes. That They have to be have anger issues, and they have to – they're all overtly, and they do this and they do that. And it, Both my husbands didn't do a, a lot of the things but they were completely controlling. They financially and emotionally abused me. They're very clever. They, who they exude to the world and who they are behind closed doors are two very different people. So because I'd experienced it twice, I felt I had to write about this to help others out there. Have you met someone else? No, I nearly married someone a few years ago, but no, um, my daughter has been, was sick from about 2014 to about last year, like chronically sick with anorexia. So we were on a journey, so I quit my job. So I put a lot of um, time and healing into her as well as myself. So it was like a perfect time for both of us to really heal from from everything. But When you go through something like this as, as a family, I mean, do you feel like now that you're prepared to, to sort of meet someone else or are you just done? My daughter had to go through a lot of treatment to really you know, get well and stable. And she's a writer. She was doing um, journalism at uni. So she's written this amazing book. How does she feel Sorry? about men? She must hate men. Um, no, she, she's got a beautiful, great bunch of girlfriends, great bunch of guys. She understands men. She's had a narcissist boyfriend, but she's getting got through that. And she's really, her life is about to take off. She's got her book with publishers and... So once she's really on her journey, then I'd love to meet someone lovely, but I'm very choosy. (laughs) From what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of it comes down to the state of where you are personally in your own life too. And understanding how can you warn women or men even, from what I'm understanding is that you were in a weaker point of your own life. 
and that you've attracted these type of guys because you're looking for... Well, in the first one, no, I wasn't. I was like a power woman. I was, you know, a money market trader. I had my own great money, had a beautiful family. We had a great life. We had a beach house. We had a farm. You know, I I had a, a great upbringing, but within me, I didn't know that I had this, you know, longing for more love. So I wasn't in a a precarious position the first time. Like you're literally a boss and and you can have it all taken away so soon, so easily. Caroline, this is the common theme. I have have clients that are CEOs, um, own their own corporations, like power women and men, power men, but they just somehow, you know, get entwined with the wrong person. Also, it doesn't, you don't have to have any childhood trauma for this to happen. You could just come, be coming out of a relationship and at a weak, at a weak point. And that's what happened to me with the second one. I was just putty in his hands. I, that was just like, oh, that was too easy for him. So that's another comment when I meet men and women that had a perfect childhood, they've got no trauma but this person has just met them at a weak time in their life. And that's, that's quite common. I would like to, because, you know, I'd like to give my listeners some sort of a takeaway. Now, if I'm looking at this, mm-hmm. obviously you can't go in and protect yourself wholly from anything like this, other than keep you be alert and obviously use your common oh. sense and understand oh. sometimes maybe if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. But what about like, would a pre prenups would really help, right? Oh, absolutely. Because like even my daughter, I said, you know, I lecture her whenever you're getting in a relationship or when you're married, a prenup, because what you go into a relationship is what you come out with one, what you make while you're in there. Fine. That's fantastic. It can be split 50, 50. But that's definitely prenup, legal all the way, because then you're protected. Because a lot of the women, the, the men that, you know, chase after these women because they're looking for a meal ticket. And the woman might have, you know, put all her energy into a career. She hasn't got any children. She, you know, might be hitting 40, getting a bit lonely. And this perfect person comes along, but they're not that perfect, you know, after all. So definitely protect yourself. A thousand percent. I think for all those women and men listening out here, it's not to distrust everyone because that's, you know, I also don't believe in that. You know, there are certain circumstances where, you know, people are just that genuinely that good. And, you know, yeah, I mean, like the the thing about where I go about Sergio is, I mean, that's youth, right? That's youth. (laughs) You're not quite jaded yet. So you haven't got that. I love it. Yeah, he, he's, when you're in your 20s, you know, like literally the birds sing in the sky, you're like that. I think when you find um, you just need to look a bit closer when someone's older and, and they sort of turn themselves into what you need them to be. And that's what the narcissist does. They're a chameleon. A lot of people say, my God, I can't believe what you've gone through and you're still so positive. It's just like you have to be positive in life and you can't mistrust, mistrust everyone. You just have to be aware. A lot of the narcissists don't have a lot of friends. They don't have long-term friends. And that's another common occurrence. And why? Why don't they have a lot of friends? Because they're not gen- genuine people. And that's another thing to be aware of. But I think the most important thing that you look out for is the lack of empathy. It's a fascinating topic. And I could go on and on and on and listen to all these stories because, you know, uh, what's scary is how different they all are. So it's, you know, there's not really a rule. You know, you're right. The lack of friends, the lack of empathy, maybe love bombing when you're older isn't really... Yes, or, or young. It's, you know, it happens my my daughter's um, age, you know, 
some of her friends um, have been malformed. It's saying you're in a relationship. It doesn't mean it's it's not only at the beginning of the relationship, Carolyn, it's as the relationship goes along and say they do something wrong, their behaviour has been really abominable and you had a, have an argument. And then if you, you actually, if they know they're losing you, then they'll up the love bombing again. They'll take you out for dinner. They'll send you the flowers. They'll do things. So it's a, it's a, it's a repetitive thing that they do. Isolating you yeah. from your friends. Yes. And putting a wedge between you and your friends and you and your family, because who really love you and support you um, and want to give you like advice on, is this person right for you? They'll make sure that they create a distance between you and them. When you've got quite deep with one and you're in it, how the fuck do you get out of it? (laughs) That's, that's what I'm here for. You need me to understand um, that you need to prepare yourself because otherwise they will lie. They will hide money as my husband did. Um, and they don't care about that. You've got a child to raise and they don't care if you've got six children, it's all about them. So it's them against the world. So that's why I like to meet, like if a woman says, I think I'm divorcing my husband, I want to divorce him, but I think he's a narcissist. What do I do? So that's what I, we, we plan and we strategize. So you get your financials in order because a lot of women, me included was, stupid with my financials. I gave my husband all the power. Like he was a financier. I thought, you know, I was working 16 hour days. I didn't have time to worry about the properties and the share portfolios. You do it. Stupid, 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 stupid. And that's how he got to put money in Swiss bank accounts that I never saw, Carolyn. It's like sleeping with the enemy, isn't it? It is. It truly is. And you can't believe that it's like when, you know, Bernie Madoff in the US when you people have lost their money. But when you've lost your money with someone you love, that's meant to have loved you and protect you, it's abominable. It's horrible. It's the worst feeling. And that's why I do this, to help women ensure they get a good, a fair settlement. Not a good settlement, a fair settlement. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I could go on and on and on. This is amazing. And I, um, <laughs> I actually okay. want to come back and do a couple of other topics with you because I'm fascinated. But um, this has been amazing. And I really hope that you women out there and men out there can listen to this and take a takeaway from this that, you know, it's not abnormal to to fall for someone like this. It's how you then get out of it, how you open your eyes, listen to your friends, listen to your family. You know, it's not a criticism. I think people, you know, also, Megan, they get embarrassed Oh, I was about to say that, but you know what? You're riddled in shame because I was like, how did this happen to me? How did I marry someone that was not only gay, but stole money from me? Like I was riddled with shame because I thought I'm a really aware person, but don't be, it's not your shame. It's their shame. You know, there's no shame in it. There's, you know, if you think you're out there and you've, you're married or dating somebody like this, come out, talk to somebody, oh, go find oh. help. Yes, and just one thing, Carolyn, if they feel that they're dating someone and they're a narcissist, I'll give them some advice. Put your Nikes on and run because you're not going to change them. And they might say that no one's ever going to love you like I do. No, someone will love you entirely. Oh my God, that's so true, that, those words. No one's going to love you like I do. Bollocks, girls. I hear that all the time from women that want to get divorced. If you have a positive attitude, a good outlook at life, and you're, you know, pretty damn confident, there's someone out there for you. Trust me on this. Exactly. Anyone that tells you those kind of things also to make you not leave 
is not the right man. Uh, so thank you so uh, much, Megan. How do they get in touch if they need you? What's your Instagram, please? Um, it's Megan.Holgate. Yes, or they can find me at info at Meganholgate.com. Um, but find me on Instagram, Megan.Holgate, okay? Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. I'm sure it's going to help many. And I always think personal experience is the best experience, you know, and the best advice. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 